Thank you. Uh, can you raise your hand if uh, the job you are currently doing has the same requirements as maybe 10 years ago? Uh, so let it. Uh, well, one. We have one. Great. Um, I don't know if it's the same for you, but uh, my sense is that the world changes very fast, and. In an accelerated way, I was actually looking today and found this um, piece of very interesting idea that C-suite execs in Fortune 500 companies. These are the biggest companies in the U.S., the most successful companies currently. Their leaders think that 40% of them might not be around 10 years from now. So we think um, this is the world today. There are all of these changes that are accumulating, um, and I think there is something that's maybe even scarier. We know very little about the future. So the question would be, what's the role of education for that? For preparing students for jobs that don't even exist yet, 20 years from now. So we think that uh, we need to rethink everything about education. So we got a, a chance a few years ago, when we started Minerva, to go right back to the most important questions about what's higher education at all. What's the point of it? And you see here, it is a privilege to start with, why? Why would you even have that? What's the point? And in the very short talk today, I won't be able to cover all of these. We published a book about it that you might want to have a look if, if this sounds interesting.、Um, I would like to point out, though, in the Y column, you don't see there experts in X, programmers. This is no longer enough. We expect people who solve problems. We expect global citizens. These are the kind of qualities that are necessary in a changing world. So, if we do take this quote seriously, how do we prepare for that, for that world? So, I'll. I'll Give you a little bit of a sense of how Minerva works in general as a model,、um, and and then I'll go into a, a little bit of depth in a couple of、uh, of points. So first of all, Minerva started just a few years ago. We'll have the first graduates in this in about、uh, actually in about 20 days. 20 days from now, I'll go to the first graduation that Minerva ever has. It's an accredited Californian program, so it works within the parameters of what a university is. 
But we, do, we decided to do things differently. And this is why we went back to what are these basic questions. So, first question here. What's the best place for students to learn, to be prepared for this changing world? What is it? Makerspace, right? There is a space. Usually it's university of, and it's in a place. And we thought, the world, the way it is today, the way it's connected, maybe there's not one place. So what we do is this. Students go to all of these seven cities, no matter what they study. We benefit that, you know, as a historian, as a programmer, as a physicist, you'd benefit from going everywhere. So imagine this, there are four years, right? An, an accredited American program is four years. First year in San Francisco, so the columns are years. You spend the entire first year in San Francisco, and then you move every semester. Seoul and Hyderabad the second year, Berlin and Buenos Aires third, London and Taipei last. We think this will benefit everyone studying at Minerva. And many things, of course professionally, but also personally. This is a recent study showing how better oriented in life people are. Because education is not just about academics. It's about what is my life about, too. We have a very international student body. Uh, if you'd ask students about it, they'd all say that that's the best thing about Minerva. And we make sure they are learning from each other, they have conditions, they live together in all of these cities, so they have enhanced opportunities to exchange experiences as they specialize, they get a chance to work on projects together. Um, in all of these cities, we have this professional development agency that's how we thought of a new iteration of the careers office. It's not just about CVs and maybe preparing you for interviews. It's all of this. The professional development agency works with students from the first year. They talk about strengths, weaknesses, what do you care about, what are your values, where might you be able to find those things in the world. And then how about you go out and find out? Is it true that your ideal job is that? Let's do an internship and see if this is true. Full-time internship in the summer. We organize the year such that students have four months of holidays in the summer so they can go out and experiment that in as close to real world as possible from the first year on. These are a few of the internship, uh, and, uh, the internship students, our students um, experienced. And ultimately, we think this is part of what makes them better. Better prepared for this changing world. But also better academically, right? Because when they come back from these internships, where they see how science is really done if they work in a lab, or how office politics works, or all these other things that you cannot possibly find inside of the university. 
We think they are more prepared to make change, to change their world. This is one of the things that they care about. I'll go a little bit deeper into what we teach and how we teach, because I think this is very special. So, first of all, when you know when you go to a university in Europe, the usual question is, "What do you study?" And it's probably something like this: maybe arts and humanities, maybe it's biology. We organize it in a way that's a lot broader, and I could tell you a lot about how the curriculum is built to make sure that students understand not only their field, their narrow field, but also connecting things. I won't have time for that. We'll go to even more important things in some sense. How do we train? People for these jobs that don't even exist yet, for this change, for this uncertainty. And I'm sure you've heard about these before. Is there anybody who doesn't know critical thinking, creative thinking, collaboration, and communication? So we found a very interesting way to do this, a way that we think works very, very well. And we have a, a, a bit of data to, to prove it. So, first of all,、um, look at critical thinking. Do you see there? There are a couple of things, a couple of categories. So, for example, evaluating claims. You know what? Somebody might read a title in a newspaper or hear something on TV. But also, making decisions. Right? They both fall. Into critical thinking. When our founding dean was wondering about why are we not teaching these things directly if they are so important, he realized that these are actually very different skills. And as a neuroscientist and a psychologist, he thought, "How about we break them down into basic skills that we can teach directly, and then we aggregate the, them up." Into competencies, we do things that we use the things that the brain is strong at, and mitigate for the weaknesses. So here's how we do it. We call them habits of mind and foundational concepts. These are the The bottom skills we are teaching all our students. All our students are introduced to these, and then we found ways to introduce them, and then to repeat them for the four years. And let me give you a bit of a taste of what they are like. So, habits of mind. What is a habit? Can somebody tell me what's a habit? Something you do on a regular basis. Somebody wants to complete that definition. Regular. What else? What's specific about habits? They are difficult to change. It may be a good thing or a, or a bad thing. Unconscious, effortless. That's exactly what we're trying to do. When we're talking about mastering the skills. 
We want to transfer them from, yeah, I know what that is about, because that's that's easy. If you read the definition, particularly for good students, they could tell it to you back. The question is, can you bring these all the way from I know what they are to I'm applying it effortlessly? So this is why we call them habits of mind. And the way we structure the teaching is to make sure that over the four years, students are able to internalize this to that degree. And we also ensured that habits of mind are these kinds of things that the brain can actually internalize. So this can actually become your nature. And we have these other things. We want this broadly applicable skills. It turns out not all of them can become effortless because of how our brain works. So, for example, distinguishing between correlation and causation. We all know what that means. Do we do it all the time? It's hard to do. It's a process. These are the kind of things like editing your email, your communications. We all know that would be a better, a better email if we do it. We don't do it. So we need to teach these kind of skills in a different way, so that they are triggered and then the, the student would go through the process of actually improving their work. Right? So we, take, we pay attention to these findings in neuroscience and psychology, to drive this learning. And uh, this is why I'd like to get to how we're doing this. When, uh, when, we started, when we started to think about this, our founding dean decided to do an overview of the science of learning and choose the techniques that work the best, and eliminate those that don't work. Here's one that doesn't work. It's what I'm doing right now. I'm talking to you, I'm lecturing. That is the, probably the most spread means of learning, teaching, I suppose. It's really more teaching than learning. And we know study after study has reliably shown that you will not remember much of this. Unless you, you know, go back and take notes and look at them and all of that. So, for example, we decided to ban lectures at Minerva. Completely. There's not one of them. So we're looking for a way to integrate all of these top-performing techniques. We have nothing that works 100%. There's no pill that will teach you, you know, advanced mathematics. It doesn't work just yet. But there are ways we know how to do it, and there are a few rules of thumb, right? Engagement, if you're engaged. You know when you go back home today and maybe go to bed and you remember some things from the, from the whole day today? Did you study for those? No, you're just engaged at that moment. That's how it works. So, we use active learning. We use, really, what the sciences of learning have been showing throughout the past, you know, century or so. 
We do have research that shows this. And, and we developed this platform that allows us to do it. This method of learning that allows us to integrate the best performing, performing techniques. And let me show you what it looks like. This is a Minerva classroom, it's called Minerva Forum. This is the core of all of the academic experience at Minerva. And I'll take a few minutes to explain a little bit what it works like. So, I mentioned we don't have any lectures. We assigned readings, though. We do the flip classroom model, we assign readings, videos, whatever it is there, you know, maybe there's something on YouTube that's really the best way to put, to structure a problem. We assign all of that. The students then get also homework before they come to class. And then when in class, they apply, they solve a problem, they apply the concepts that they've been learning. And look, that might be one version. class reading, homework. The pre professor preparing the class, so the classes are engaging and intense. So all of the materials are ready before. Feedback on homework before class, right? So if you keep counting on like how many times does a student touch the material before they come to class, that's one of the ways we learn. So this is very granular, right? The professor chooses exactly what to give students feedback on, and it is personalized feedback, right? For that particular student at that particular place. Okay, so let's get going. Um, today we're going to continue digging into the uh, Science Breakdown HC, which as many of you pointed out in chats uh, in our last session is really a synthesis and culmination in many ways of the whole research unit method that we've been doing. So this is the first example of what we can do, right? That's, a, that's the seminar, the professor's always up in the, in the left, and then you have uh, various techniques we use for it. So and here's Let's take one. A look here. So we have most people now still voting for people who are ambitious are not usually kind. In real life, this works like, can you raise your hand if that? A little bit of an activity, and then can you raise your hand again? And let's see what changes the, you know, the go, you going through the activity has made, right? There's one way to keep people engaged, one way to also see changes over time. What, what is the advantage of this technique? On the one hand, we know exactly who voted what, right? So it's a, a, that granularity that I mentioned before. And one more, 
We can extend the time in some ways, right? So in a real-world situation, you know, we can do this at the beginning of the class and at the end of the class. Would we have the memory to do this, you know, at the end of the semester? Right? These are the ways where digital becomes interesting. But a couple still voting for people who are ambitious are always kind-hearted. Tommaso, tell us why you voted for um, people who are ambitious are also kind-hearted. I mentioned engagement is important. It's a good proxy to see, you know, engagement is important because you might learn without even wanting to, right? This is how our brain works, so we use that. Making this uh, while translating the uh, the result of a qualitative. Here's what a professor might see if they choose to. So the overlay means green. The student was not contributing as much as the others, so call on them next. Red, they've been already very engaged. And this is something that the platform does for the professor, and it can be also scheduled within the lesson plan that the next question goes to the least engaged student. Right? Fully active learning at Minerva means that every single student is engaged 75% of the entire time. They are not falling asleep. The lesson plans are scheduled in a way that manages their attention. Every 10 to 15 minutes, the exercise changes, the new problem shows up, etc., etc. Classes in Minerva are engaging and exhausting. After class, they need a break. It's not the other way around. It's not like they're just watching there in the back and then are falling asleep during class, and after class, they are refreshed. It's exactly the opposite. Survey to, uh, uh, to develop a uh, graph or something. Um, and what do you think um, could be a way to... Uh... This is the lesson plan. This helps the professor outsource anything that's administrative to the forum, to the platform. So they pay attention to what students do in class, because that's very important. The job of the professor is to keep students engaged while in class. You might have noticed in the previous uh, tool, the professor gets a red overlay if they spoke too much. We make sure that the professors don't talk too much, because that takes away from engagement of the students help when getting it onto a scale. Breakouts. How do breakouts usually work? Uh, maybe I'll just say, you four form a group, and you four form a group, and then you work on something, right? In Minerva, it works like this. Uh, so send you into breakouts, and uh, we'll see what everyone thinks today. For groups, you see the students in them, you see the materials are already there. Very little downtime, about a second. Right? Keeping engagement high. By the way, breakout groups, higher engagement. There's very little talking in between. They have to do stuff, they have a time, time order going on. Professors can go on in every one of these. 
And there's something very neat about it that I'll mention at the end, that what, what we can do with this. And I'll jump straight to there. So what happens after the seminar? I think, first of all, one of the things that can be done to solve that problem is to increase yields. All right, I'll take a little bit of time to explain what's happening here. So this is after the seminar. This is the profile of one of the students. You see under the image there, their contribution to the seminar. And every student has something like this. And now the job of the professor is to understand how every student thinks and give them personalized feedback on how to get better on that scale of one to five. Right? The, the scale of one to five is something that translates into grades eventually, but it's a signal for students where you are towards mastery. We're not grading on a curve, it's about mastering a concept, and we have a particular definition of what mastery means, and that is far transfer. That is, you're able to apply that concept perfectly in a new context, in a context that you did not learn it in, because that's what's hard for our brains. Right? This is how we are pushing them towards that goal. And it's done student by student, comment by comment. I can explain one more thing about this that I find interesting. Uh, you see right there under the comment from the professor, it says hashtag right problem. That's one of the eight C's. It's defining the problem at hand. So we, we all, all learning objectives of the Minerva are connected by this hashtag word. What can you do with this? Well, one of the hard things, as I mentioned before, is to transfer what you understand from one context to a different context. So what we're building there is a learning portfolio for every student, and when they click on it, they can see all of the contexts where they use that particular conceptual tool. With all the feedback, right? It's possible that in a context, they get all the way to four, and then we move them to a different context, and they're suddenly back at two. They didn't understand the, the, the deeper principle behind, uh, below the, the particular concept. And this is how we push them towards that mastery thing. How do, yes? The professor. It is the Minerva system. It's the professor working within the system. Yes. Being helped by this tool. And this is also how you can get feedback for things that the professor couldn't possibly see in real life, right? Because if I separate you into groups and you do some work individually or in that particular group, I will not have an overview of what happened for every, uh, for every one of you. I couldn't possibly give you feedback individualized. But we can gather these things at the end, right? At the end, the professor will go through everything you did and give you feedback on that. Right? And this is, by the way, has shown to be one of the most efficient tools that leads to both understanding and uh, memory of these conceptual uh, tools. I'll jump back to the presentation.
So we do this within the academic program, but remember back, we do this also with everything else we do. The students go to the seven cities. They work on projects with local partners in all of these cities. We make sure they are applying these things all the time. And this is how they master this in a multitude of concepts. And we have another trick here.、Um, maybe two things to mention. We introduce these tools in the first year, in the foundation year. Every single student at Minerva. Gets that? They build this common vocabulary as they specialize, all the way throughout the fourth year. They get comments and grades, so feedback and grades, all throughout. So they they get two grades, right? In the second year, third year, and fourth year, they get grades for the content, history, you know, coding, math, whatever they study, and a grade for. Did you communicate well? Did you think critically about this, etc., etc.? Right? They have thousands of contexts to apply this in. So ultimately, Milera thinks in thinks education goes well beyond academics, and I hope I showed a little bit of this today.、Um, Yo, Wilson here、um, captures. What we think about the world and what we think the role of the university should be. This is what you can, where you can find a lot of detail about how Minerva works. Pretty much every department at Minerva wrote how things are done. Why are they done that way? What is the research behind it? Where applicable? And how we improve every year. There are a lot of things that. From my perspective, and I think for for people here who are interested in education, are interesting because we have cycles of improvement within every department, especially teaching. Questions? Thank you so much. For everyone who's、uh, here for the first time, we have a special place for questions and answers,、right. so that we do not have to limit it to one or two questions. We have a meet your speaker corner, which is right down there. It's about、uh, in K4. It's you go to the next level,、uh, turn to the right, and then you have a sofa, right a table,、there. and there's coffee, and there's Lucien Kosinski. Thanks again, Lucien. Thank you. We will not be able to do that. We will not be able to do that.